You're listening to The Perth Property Show, Australia's only weekly property podcast by West Australian experts for West Australian listeners. Catch your latest episode every Monday at 7am. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Perth Property Show. My name's Trent Fleskins, your host as always. This week, we have a really unique conversation to be had with my friend, Charlie Gunningham. A lot of people in the West Australian real estate and innovation industry would certainly know who Charlie is especially from his days at Rewa a few years ago. But a lot of listeners also wouldn't know who Charlie is. And today we're going to explain why he is so important to all of our property lives these days because the innovations Charlie made around 22 years ago have led to the websites we use all the time. So Charlie Garningham, thank you so much for coming in today. Thanks, Trent. Thanks for having me. Look, you're across so many industries these days. You're more of an innovator entrepreneur than you are a property person so Mm -hmm. to speak but there's such a story on the property side that i wanted to have with you today because it's really important to understand not only where we are today where we're going but also where we came from as an industry in terms of buying and selling and how that happens and look it was 22 years ago i'd love you to start Mm. that story about where you were at where the market was at how we were buying and selling and how you disrupted that market well we've got to go back to december 99 so it is 22 years ago, I can't quite believe it, it's gone in a flash. I was a school teacher from England. I taught in England, taught economics, north of London. Always wanted to come to Australia since I was a backpacking teenager in the 80s. Got an older brother who moved here in the 80s, came over for the wedding and I went, what is this place, Australia? It's sunny, it's bright, it's positive. They'd won the America's Cup. They'd had the Commonwealth Games in Brisbane and I thought I just loved, I fell in love with Australia and Australians. So I knew I was gonna get here. Got a bit waylaid in Singapore, met my wife, taught in a big expat school, came here in 97, did an MBA at UWA, and I was teaching at Hale School. So I'm head of commerce at Hale School, coaching the cricket, John Inverotti's the headmaster, former Aussie test player. That's it. Fantastic. I'll do an MBA because maybe I'll be a headmaster one day. That'll be useful. I had no intention I was going to branch out into business, let alone do an online real estate venture. But that's what happened in 99. And what did it lead to? <laughs> and, and what was the website? What was right. the venture? So it's called AussieHome.com. And I graduated from the MBA and I was back full-time teaching. It was before we had kids, Lisa and I. I remember Easter 99, walking down a beach in Esperance. And I said to Lisa, look, I'm back in teaching full-time. And I know that's my career. But I think I've done this MBA. I want to go and do something else. And a guy called Nick I'd met on the NBA, who's a Swiss guy, but grew up in New York. He and I were chatting about how ridiculously antiquated buying a property was. Now, this is back in the 90s. It's probably been like that way for hundreds of years. You had to wait for the weekend paper. Mm. Saturday paper was the Bible. Right? Back when West it was Australian. huge. It was it's a book. 120 pages was just the real estate lift out and the car lift out and the boat lift out yeah. and the jobs lift out, right? You were very young then, Trent. I, I wasn't embarrassed, but you were still in single digits, I think. But right. it landed like an earthquake on the front of your house lawn every weekend. It Roll was it up and you could kill someone. <laughs> it was a weapon. It's a huge thing. And it was pages and pages and columns and columns of real estate classified ads. Half the ads didn't have the price or the address. You didn't know where the property was. You didn't know what the cost of the property was. And I thought, this is ridiculous. We're about to move into the new millennium, the Y2K bug. Remember that, listeners, those of you around? What a big, ridiculous thing that was. Everyone was worried planes were going to fall out of the sky and we're all going to be eating baked beans on the 1st of January 2000. It was the year and the era of the dot-coms. Everyone was setting up a dot-com. So if you had an MBA and a dot-com and a pulse, 
people threw money at you. That was a dot-com bubble, the dot-com boom around Indeed. that time, right? Which burst in Easter 2000. But we were out in 99. We went to our MBA professors. We said, look, we want to do a map-based property website. And we came up with this cool name, AussieHome.com. We thought it was a cool name. Well, it's important that the name reflects what you do. Right. Like where can, we could just imagine it. Where can you find your Aussie home? We just thought it was good, right? And we wanted to do map-based because we wanted to show where the properties were on the map. We wanted to drill down on a map on the net. We wanted to, you to see little icons, you know, one color for, for sale, one color for rent. We want to see where the schools are, where the parks are, where the beach is, where the river is, where the main roads are, and all that sort of stuff. Because that's what you do. When you buy a property, you buy the lifestyle of the suburb. You buy into that, right? That's why you buy in Muslim Park or you buy in Dinetta or wherever you buy. So it's a map-based classified for property. Correct. It is your essentially what we're doing, what we're talking about these days. It's your realestate.com, your yep. domain, your rewa, right? Correct. Did any of those exist when you started? So I don't think domain existed. Property.com was around, uh, but then none of them had maps. Rewa, I think, was called Rewa.net then, and it didn't have many properties in it, and they weren't really updated, maybe a few hundred properties. Realist.com were around, but they were over east. Back then, they had barely 100 properties in the whole of the state on REA back then, wow. right? So there were a few other local ones we had to beat off with a stick, but we, we basically, two guys, foreign-sounding accents, we ran around the western suburbs signing up real estate agents saying, will you be on our real estate portal? This would have portal. been a hard thing, right? Because unlike mm. today where the real estate agents essentially, they need realestate.com, they need Rewa, yep. they sort of need domain in a way. Yep. If you're not on these, you're not listed. Essentially, yep. you're not on you're invisible. market, you're invisible. Mm. It would have been the other way at that point where you're Correct. trying to convince people, <laughs> yeah. please come on our website, please advertise yep. through there because there wouldn't have been probably that mm. many people searching. Correct. They would have still been buying the West yep. on a Saturday. That was the Bible. That's where they had to exactly. be. Thursday, one o'clock, they had to get their ads in. And yep. I tell you what, they weren't happy, Jan, if they didn't get their ads in the Saturday paper, right? So they had to get it in on a Thursday at one o'clock in order to hit that Saturday paper. What I found ridiculous was... Why would you have to wait till a Saturday? The rest of the week then is dead time. We were new to Perth. We wanted to look at the properties for sale or rent. Why do you have to wait for a Saturday? And then not every property is advertised every week. So you don't really get an idea of really what's on the market. And it's weeks and weeks and weeks of wasted time and home opens. I actually quite like the home open concept. That was quite good. But after weeks and weeks and weeks of home opens, I said to Lisa, really? There's got to be a better way. And we thought, maps internet at least for the search photos floor plans descriptions right so i think the big green light for us was we went to some of our mba professors and we said we've got this idea for a business we've graduated from our mba i'm back teaching so we went to our mba professors and three of them ended up investing in the business right so we thought okay if our mba professors think it's a good idea then we got introduced to some high net worth individuals and before too long we'd raised about two hundred thousand dollars so we had the Which capital. Which in 1999 is a bit of money. Not bad. And yeah. we did it quite quickly, but it was the dot-com boom. Yep. So it was quite easy, relatively easy. So we had the money. And so I found myself walking into John Inverarity's office and resigning on the 9th of the 9th, 99. I remember it very well. And saying, I, I really want to go and do this idea. If it doesn't work, I'll come back with my tail between my legs. But I've got to get it out of my system. I've got to go for it. But will you be on our board? And John ended up being on our board, which was fantastic for seven years. So off we went with AussieHome.com. Started AussieHome. You're mm. hitting the pavement, talking yep. to these established real estate agents, trying to nab yep. a few to come on and, and list not only through the paper, I'm sure, but yep. also on Aussie Home. Yeah. What was the scale? What was the take-up? 
Yeah. Do you so, have to explain the concept so, to a lot of people? Oh, yeah. And, and I now found by being a former teacher, I realized you have to educate to sell. So if I could explain it well, maybe I could get them on. So that's what we did. We had a lot of time educating them in getting them on the internet, maybe getting them their own website as well, which actually became another source of revenue. And then later when realestate.com and Domain and Rewa got its act together, we would feed properties to those sites because by the time REA got here in 2003, we were four years old and we had most of the market, certainly in the western suburbs, around the river, the city, Frio, Mount Lawley, that sort of areas. But the, it still wouldn't have been the norm. It still wouldn't have been. It was becoming. The, the it was first slow. Thing at that point in time. And the thing I've noticed about change trend is actually everyone goes, oh, change is so fast. I'm going, actually, the best change happens slowly. This shift from print to digital happened over about five years. We just didn't notice it until the fifth year. Right. And then it happened fast. Everyone thinks it's an overnight success, but no overnight successes are overnight success. You know, Google, Facebook, Airbnb, you look at them, they actually had four or five pretty quiet years before they made any money. And then when you first heard of them, everyone's talking about them. So I think the things that last are the things that uh, go slowly. The flash in the plan, the quick harries, they're the ones that fail. So we were in it for the long term. We, we had a couple of difficult, first few years were difficult. The dot-coms had bubbled and burst in Easter 2000. We, know we weren't going to raise any more money. So it was head down, get agents on by hook or by crook, get them paying something. We only charged like 100 bucks a month, you know, get them paying something. That was the cost of one ad in the paper. But just get them on, get them on, get them on. And we had this sort of mapping technology, but no one else had. We were the world's first map-based property well, site. Google Maps would have been really, really early Six days, Six years right? into the future. We yeah. were six years for Google Maps. So, so this is before Google Maps? Oh, six years before. Because yeah. I forget when it first really started. 2005, 2006. So what were you using at the time then? We were using Esri software that you use in the mining industry or in transport industry or logistics industry, which is desktop software, but not very good for internet where you've got to do live feed, live connections, right, over map servers and stuff. So our maps weren't very good, but they were maps. And we used about three or four different mapping providers. And then Google came away and gave it away for free. And we went, oh, okay, great. That's helpful. But then we put that on and off we went. So it took five years, I'd say, to establish the business till we had enough scale that we were profitable. And there were some dodgy moments in those early years where we might not have survived. When do you think it was that the year where it became the norm for sellers to want their agents to be listing mm. online, regardless of whether it's Aussie Homes or not. So again, that it, it wasn't a point. It was a transfer of power from print to digital. When we started in 2000, we reckoned about $10 million a month was spent in real estate print ads with the West and the Sunday Times and, and a few others. Classifieds right? are the most profitable Classifieds. part of a paper's business, Correct. right? And you imagine how do they survive now? because that, that has gone and leached to the internet. Yeah. Over time, it started to dribble away. And I reckon it took about five years for it to tip over to the digital. And that was about the time we became super profitable such that we could pay dividends to our shareholders. In the second five years, it was fantastic because every new real estate agency that came on board, we could do their website, we could feed them to Rewa, which we also got paid for, REA domain. There'd be a hosting fee as well. There'd be the subscription portal fee for Aussie Home. You had it all on. We gave them a username and password. They uploaded all the properties and then we sent them an invoice. Mm. It was a fantastic business model once you get scale, but it takes time. A lot of listeners right now will be thinking, Right, now I've figured out who Charlie Gunningham is, but <laughs> I still don't really remember Aussie Home. Right. 
tell us about that transition as to how yeah. you are really in Western Australia, the godfather, in my words, <laughs> of online listings right. in Western Australia. What's that transition? What happened? Right. So we had a 10-year journey. The first five years was really sort of, and I, and I tell this to startups now, I look at a lot of startups, it, it could take you five years to find out exactly your business model, how it works. And even then, the most likely outcome is it's not going to work. You up for that? Because that's the challenge. It's not swanning through a co-working space with tight jeans and a cool beard and a mocha frappuccino going, hey, guys, let's write some code mm. with our ponytails. It's, that's not it. It is like banging your head against a wall. It's painful. But we got through that. We got scale. And the second five years, we just became bigger and bigger. And then we started looking at what are we going to do now? We had a little uh, foray into Jakarta. We had an office being set up in Singapore. We had a licensee in Sydney. But by then, actually... Realestate.com had become very dominant. They'd bought property.com and that then made them number one. Mm. I had scale. They were basically hoovering up everything. By the time they got to Perth in 2003, we were pretty dominant, set so to deal with us. They blew past us eventually and became the number one and blew past Rewa. And in 2010, I sort of figured out to myself, Aussie home, we're in Netherlands, we've done well, we're profitable, we're paying dividends, it's all great. But really the, the deal here is, is there a deal be, to be done maybe with Rewa? And so I went and had a coffee with Ann Arnold, the CEO of Rewa. At the time. At the time, Neville was CFO. And she was, I know, looking for someone to run Rewa.com. And I thought that was an opportunity to say, well, what can Aussie home and Rewa do together? And I didn't actually go with the idea of, hey, Rewa could buy Aussie Home. I thought maybe we could run Rewa.com for you or we could merge the two sites and then we can run that bit and you can do your advocacy and your training and we'll do the Rewa.com bit. That's maybe what I was thinking at the time. And she said, that's an interesting idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go and talk to Neville. So we went back the next week and we had and a bit more Neville of a chat. Posse. Neville Posse, the current CEO, awesome guy. Been in Rewa since 1977, so he knows where all the bodies are buried. Uh, and he's going to be retiring next year. And I'm going to say it here, Trent, if they don't name Rewa House the Neville Posse House, something's gone wrong. <laughs> so make that happen. From having that cup of coffee and talking to Neville, six weeks, deal done, signed by council. Ten days later, I'm walking into Rewa. I'm running Rewa.com. Rewa took on all my staff. So to make it clear, hmm. Aussie Home, which you started yep. with your partner, was bought out by Rewa.com. 100%. And Lock, stock, and So that, the Rewa.com we know today... The foundations of that was Aussie Home. Well, it's a merger, right? So Rewa.com had been going since 97. Again, mm. Neville's got to have a lot of credit here. He's the guy that started Rewa.net back in 1997, before Aussie Home, mm. 99. Um, he was the one that had to go to council and say, the internet's coming. We're going to budget for this. Give us $100,000. A lot of money in those early 2000s to do this crazy internet side. And he was the guy, because I thought, if anyone's going to kill this deal, it's going to be the CFO. Neville was very keen to make it happen. Anne and Neville were fantastic. Deal done in six weeks. I then go and work with Anne and Neville. Neville becomes the CEO. We're still really close friends. And I had a fantastic three or four years working on Rewa.com. In a world now where realestate.com, if we're fair, is nearly the be all and end all in property, if you're not yeah. on realestate.com at the same time, you're also missing out. Mm -hmm. What function does Rewa.com and to a lesser extent Domain.com, what functions mm. do they serve these days other than really being that mainstay for all Rewa listed agents to yeah. at the very least be listed on Rewa.com even though they're probably on real estate. Also on REA as well, yeah. 
probably in the same way back in the day you'd advertise in the West, but you'd maybe also put properties in the Sunday Times. You'd also have some brochures. You'd also have a signboard. These days, of course, you've got social media and loads of platforms. You probably want to be on two of the three of the main portals, right, to make sure you cover the market. The other thing is that when I was at RIA, where I found, uh, because now I'm in an, a member organization that's 100 years old and is a federal organization or, or group of federal institutes, the other institutes didn't have a RIWA.com. No, that's the that's where I'm getting at. It's so, really interesting how unique this is in yeah. that way. And I don't they think all people have in your, Perth get it. No, they don't. They they don't appreciate again Neville Posse because they could have bought realestate.com.au, the domain name. Wow. Back in the nineties, right? They bought I think it was real realestate.net or something like that. They bought something or real.net, right? And they were all actually together. All the institutes and then all the institutes, the other institutes sort of faded away. The only one who kept going was Rewa, hmm. with Rewa.net. And hats off to Neville and Kieran Murphy. Shout out to Kieran, who's still there at Rewa, and the great guys who've kept it going. And I said to Rewa members in my three or four years I was there, you've got to thank Rewa because we are keeping REA honest. Over in Queensland, where they don't have a portal, REA charges twice what they charge here. So your dividend by supporting Rewa is we do keep REA's prices down. We and keep them honest. And we keep them honest. And Rewa itself is far cheaper. And we have a good reach. We got 95% of all real estate agents in uh, WA are Rewa members. It's very right? rare you'll see a it's selling a, agent who's not a Rewa a member. Very if successful. they are, you have to ask why. It's a very successful real estate institute. The other institutes have 40 to 60 to maybe 70% membership. Nothing like the success of Rewa. Look at its building. I was there when they put up the new building, $8 million building or something. And they bought my company. I mean... You know, they don't go around buying companies. But now, Rewa under Neville has made investments in some prop techs, in some prop tech um, investment funds. Neville is right there at the prop tech hub, supporting Callum Ashton and what's going on with prop techs. He's right at the cusp. I remember uh, Neville saying, we're a tech business. Well, you are, essentially. Rewa's shop front these days is not the building they work in. It's the website. And it's the data that they get from the website. And for me, that's the important part yes. here. Even if Rewa is subservient in in value, in I guess, space, in yeah. listings mm. to realestate.com, and it probably always will be, the data that they get Correct. from having 95% of all transactions, yes. I would say probably more than that, coming through there about yes. time on market, suburb-based information, listing-based information, transaction-based, yep. uh, which selling agents are selling X amount in X areas, the time frames there. All that information is so valuable Correct. to buyers and sellers these days. And you yep. don't get that info from other places Correct. around the they country. They do have all the data. And of course, they're the advocacy group. They mm-hmm. advocate on behalf of the industry. They're a member-based organization that advocate. They have feedback into policy at state government level, whether it's on land tax or something, you know, and they get things done or maybe things that, that shouldn't be done are stopped from being done, right? That, so they are a pressure group, advocacy, peak body, been going since 1918. And they are the group that all real estate agents want to be a member of. I'm sure you're a member of. Yeah, of Rewa, exactly. Right? We are, yeah. Mm. yeah. And I think you need to be, really. And the way that this is the mm. point of it, you actually need to be a member of Rewa these days to be able to access the data on a member's basis, to be able to be seen, to be a part of the club, essentially. Yep. Let's move forward from sure. that and talk about, from your experience on that innovation tech side in the property space, Yeah. Uh, what's the future? You're in, you've mm. been involved in a few things. You've, you've seen a few things recently as well. Where are you seeing property yeah. going what have you been involved in? So after 10 years of my startup journey from foundation to the exit, I've spent the last 10 years really 
writing about, mentoring, advising, sometimes investing in where I can afford it in startups. And obviously I love property startups, right? Prop tech startups. And it was great that last year, about this time last year, a guy called Callum Ashton who I'd come across with Builders WA, Builders with a Z, which is like a, a matching service for people who are looking to get a loan, looking to get maybe a piece of land and build on it. He had come through Kurt Ignition and I'd mentored on that. And he told me how he wants to get a group together to get all sort of fellow prop techs together. And I said, well, you need to go and talk to that guy over there, which is Jeff Leach. And if you know Jeff and the JJ Leach group, but um, I think they own about 17 different properties in the city. And quite a few of them um, at various times have been empty. And I know that Jeff had been putting startups in there because he liked to have at least some people in his buildings rather than empty. And so wind on a few months, January, February this year, the PropTech Hub opened at 110 William Street, which is one of Jeff's buildings, and has now taken over two floors and is full. Just with this week, they launched a PropTech Investment Council, which of course Neville is on, but also Tanya from UDIA and Kath from HIA and Sean, who's the COO of Open Negotiation, and uh, Greg, who's the CEO of rent.com.au. He's, he's just accumulated an amazingly powerful group of people who want to help PropTechs. How can these clever startup property tech companies help solve problems in the industry? Finally, there's a place where they're now all housed, where they have events, they have pitch nights, they have functions, um, they have awards, right? I've been down there a few times. Um, they also have a podcast called the Prop Tech Radio Show, which I'm one of the co-hosts on, so shout out to those guys. So they've done a tremendous amount in their first year to try and celebrate prop techs, raise the profile, keep the talent here, and maybe even get some capital as well. Mm. So there's a lot going on. Any specific mm. shout-outs to where you see in the next couple of years? Yeah, well... So things will start popping up? i got a shout-out to Udrew, which is one of the most impressive, not just prop decks, but startups. I mean, Tom Young, awesome guy, ex-drafty, saw a problem himself where he was doing, I think, uh, some sort of extension on his house or something like that. And he put all the plans into the council. This is years ago. And uh, he was ringing up, ringing up, months go by. And apparently there had been a misspelling of the street. So he had to start it all over again. Mm. And it took 11 months to get planning permission just for like doing a gate or something. It was ridiculous, a fence, right? And he said, there's got to be a better way. So he developed UDREW, U-D-R-E-W, which a few years ago was nominated, oh, one innovator of the year. You can basically cost and plan and get permission for your extension or your fence or whatever, or your pool in a matter of minutes, not months. Right. using his technology. So City of Wanneroo are trialing it. Various other LGAs are trying it. He's been testing it in New Zealand. Like He's really, really, you should have him on the show. He's a really, really cool guy. Very Cutting clever the red technology. Tape, which is the right. big issue we've got in Western Australia and probably right. national, certainly nationally as well. When you think about a place like Sydney, they're mm. always complaining about how the price rises aren't just demand-driven, they're also supply-driven, just given the fact red tape is such an issue. It takes mm. years to get anything approved. Yep. Western Australia, it's getting just as hard to get things approved. Right. So to be able to build in technology like this where you can interface with councils uh, and get things done on a much more automated basis, geez, mm. that would help with freeing up supply or getting jobs done. And getting rid of some of this menial sort of red tape paper pushing that just dust people's head in, right? So now, I mean, look at how real estate, seeing and, and viewing what's on the market is so much easier than it was 22 years ago before we started Aussie Home. It wasn't because of us. There were lots of other people doing it. But look at that change. That change is going to happen for all sorts of things. Real-time conveyancer with Kylie Dillon. She raised some money this year, and I think Rewa is one of the investors in hers. 
making it simple and easy to see where the settlement processes are. She is a conveyancer, she's worked at PEXA, and she raised some money and she's got out with real-time conveyancer. There are some really interesting prop techs that are, we're just at the cusp of it, changing the way properties and transacted, actually making it better, more transparent, easier, quicker, more efficient. The newspaper is an ever-dying beast. Mm. How are we taking that online in Western Australia? Yeah, well, I had personal experience of that as well. So having done my 13 years in online real estate, I was tapped on the shoulder to go and help the guys at Business News, which is a city-based business publisher. In fact, the only Australian city-based business publisher left in the country, which I'd been a subscriber to and I always thought was great. The weekly paper I thought was great. But the owner said, look, we know that printing papers is not the future. And I'd seen how digital had really eaten in and, and really eaten the lunch of, of the newspapers like the West Australian and the Sunday Times, etc. And I always thought, well, maybe I can flip onto the other side and taking my experience into business news, can I help them transform them to be a digital business? So because they're in a niche with corporates and business people up and down the terrace, there is an ability there to put up a paywall and get people to pay for that content. That's content they want, they'll pay for it because it'll help them do business. So we did that. And I brought in my good friend, Evan, who you know from Living Online. One of the best things I did at Business News was hire Living Online and get them to help me raise the traffic of Business News. I think they took it from 40,000 a month to just under 200,000 a month from behind a paywall, Mm. which was pretty heroic. And on the back of that, we tripled subscription income. We grew our digital advertising and we became profitable and got through that shift from print to digital. So there's a nice little case study of a local niche publisher successfully making the transformation from print to digital. Talking about Evan, the Property Tribune. Indeed. Evan approached me and with a great idea for a new property news site, the Property Tribune. And um, we were having this lunch and then halfway through he starts pitching it to me. It's about a year ago. And I, he said, oh, I said, send me some information. Sounds interesting. He sends me a series of emails. And when I put them into a Word document, it was 17 pages. Mm. And it was like a beautiful like business plan all thought out. The competitors, the business model, how it's going to work, the content strategy. And I'm going, I'm in. This sounds really interesting. And he said, I'm glad you said that because you're probably about the one person who could do it. You've got property, tech, media experience. I'm going to fund it. I'm going to hire you to do it. You tell me who else we need and we'll just launch in February. And I went, when? She said, February, February the 1st. And I want 100 articles up on the site before we launch and then I want 20 a day. I said, so we'll just start in WA then. He said, no, no, Australia-wide, day one. I went, rock and roll, let's go. So I spent a couple of months in with the Living Online team over last summer. And we launched in lockdown on the February the 1st with 100 stories on the site. And by week two, we were churning out 20 a day nationwide. And it's just been an amazing, amazing roller coaster of a year. It's been great fun. That's the thing here. It is one of those niche online publishers mm. now where instead of it being an AFR or a business news or a yep. Perth Now or a WA Today where you, know, you might have a property section, this place right. is just property. And, and they're all behind paywalls. Yeah, their websites, exactly. Yes. And, and so you can access this information no paywall. free. And most of this information mm. is all the stuff that you'd have to be paying on all the rest of the sites. Yeah. So if you were to see something pop up on any of these and you had to pay for it, you're probably going to find it on the Tribune for free. Correct. And so one thing I knew about Evan, um, so I should give him, Evan Cunningham Dunlop, it's quite a mouthful. And he's also very tall. He's six foot nine. Taller than us. He is the smartest, brightest, tallest guy I've ever met. <laughs> right? And a super, super nice guy. I knew the site would be built well because he was going to build it, his team were going to build it. And I knew they'd get traffic to it because I'd seen them do it at Business News, right? And I'd known Evan for you know a dozen years or so. My job was to get the content on there and to monetize it. 
That was my job. And so we got the content on there. I got my team, formerly from Startup News. I brought my best writers across to the Property Tribune. I got contributors like yourself on around the country, about 40 contributors, writing one or two pieces a month. And collectively, we've got a really interesting, fresh new site about the property industry. Another clever thing Evan did was organize a property boom to coincide with yeah, the launch. Well. The timing Brilliant. was the fantastic. The guy's genius yeah. how he did that. So yeah, everyone wants to know what's going on in the property market, right? Yeah. So that all timed well. And then the traffic, you know, is just like going up 80% a month. For me, what this demonstrates is that not only historically has Western Australia been a front runner in prop tech, starting with mm. the ideas that Charlie Gunningham had before the year 2000, but it continues to flow through and it's so good to see yeah. that it is now being fortified in a hub in the city, right? So we've got right. many more to come. So I guess the idea of today's episode was for people to have a think about how far we've come mm. from a physical paper-based industry yep. through digital, how it happened, where we're going and why and who helped us along the way. And mm. the reason we tie that in is because today is in line with your 22 years uh, since you started Aussie Home. This is the start of our fourth year at the Perth Property wow. Show as well. So it's worked out really well in terms of the timing too. Get it well done. Well, Because you bashed out one episode every week for three years and you're now into, yeah. now into year four. This year's episode 157 and year four well starts done. today. Well done. So uh, hopefully many more years to come. Charlie Gunningham, thank you so much for coming in and thank you so much for how much you've contributed to the property industry over the last couple of decades. Thanks, Trent. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Perth Property Show. If you've only just joined the conversation, you can catch up by heading over to our website, perthpropertyshow.com.au, subscribing to the podcast or joining our Facebook page. Don't forget to tune in next Monday at 7am for more expert insights, local analysis and suburb spotlights. Happy hunting!